Welcome to the S&T podcast show. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Dustin Pym. I'm Julian Hope. Today we are super excited. We have the general manager, the one and only, the, basically the person who created the sweat and tonic space. We have Morgan Thomas in the room with us today. Woo, Hi, Morgan. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. So we're we're currently crammed in the phone booth up in the Tonic House. As, as per Morgan's request. As per Morgan's we, request. We offered the closet. We did offer the closet. George we was George. very down for closet. Yeah. But uh, Morgan said, no, we're going to use this thing. We are pretty much on top of each other. It's outstanding. Yes. So Morgan, it's really awesome to have you on the show. Thank Julian, you. Julian, go ahead. So just to kick it off, uh, first question and we don't want to make it too formal because that's the Julian Ho way. Um, let's kick it off with our theme questions that we've been doing over the last few. Let's bring it to food. Oh. Morgan, if you were a food, whether it be an ingredient, a dish, what would you be? What would I be? I mean, now I'm just thinking about food that I like. Yeah, that's... And that's okay. That's okay. But, like, you have to, you know, how is that food you, though? Mm-hmm. To give you an idea, um, Julian was an onion. I know, I heard. You Obviously, listened. Julian is an onion. <laughs> did you get this from Shrek, or did you think about that? Did that actually come up yourself? It came up in my head. Really? Yes. I didn't even I know. Like Shrek that was does. Kind of an easy answer, Shrek does it. Shrek's an Shrek. onion. I mean, Shrek says he's an onion. Like, get out of here. Because he has layers. That's yeah. what I. I mean, I said that's the best answer for everyone. Okay, so I'll just give the assisting answer to Julian, which is I'm a parfait. What? What? I also have layers. But oh everybody snap! Loves me. A parfait. <laughs> Oh my God, that's a great answer. Okay, let's go with this and let's roll with this. So, if you're a parfait, are you like a, like a sweet or a sweet and salty parfait? Oh, there are many variations. But that's what I'm parfait. curious because like you gotta, we want you to be specific. Mm, that's a good question. So, what's in the parfait? What is a parfait? Like, are there salted nuts in the parfait? Oh, there could be salt on top of them. Yeah. yeah. Or, or are you, you know, like a s'mores parfait? So I think it's like uh, I think there's some sort of. Um, healthy, nutritious sort of foundation, some sort of yogurt base that Nut Bar would create mm. is kind of what's in my head. Mm, and then plug. there's some like fruit mixed in there mm-hmm. on top, nuts. Some chia seeds chia for seeds. that extra superfood. But then you also need something like just like a brownie hunk like yeah, sitting yeah. out of the top somewhere. It's funny because when I was thinking what you would be as a food, right away I'm like, you are a chunk of brownie. Yeah. I just thought that just like, you know, just so delicious. But like, if you have way too much Morgan, it might be too much Morgan. Oh, that's so a good one. Oh. So it's like a, it's like a little nugget of like a fudgy brownie bit yeah. on top. Yeah. Mm. But I like that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. The layers. That's excellent. Well, if I, if I can go next. So Morgan, um, you are the GM of this incredible space. But before this, you were all about interior design, architecture, uh, and creation. Maybe you can just tell our listeners and tell us a little bit about your journey Mm. and how you got here. Like, how did you end up in this booth with Julian and myself? And how did you become the GM of of a space like this? Now, remember our show, we try to keep it around 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not. uh, But Morgan's uh, really good at. Yeah, she's more succinct than than somebody like She's a power punch, just like a brownie is. Oh. Pack a potent punch of sweetness. A A brownie punch. That sounds like something that needs to be on the Nutbar menu. Um, yeah, so how I got here. So um, so my background's in interior design. Um, before here, I was at a firm called Cutler. They're based in Vancouver. 
um, their interior design, architecture, and project management. Um, and I was working there as the lead of the fitness department um, and worked on several different fitness projects. Um, we happened to get into fitness projects uh, about a year after I started there. And it just sort of became this sector that I really enjoyed and sort of crossed a lot of different paths of my personal interests and also professional expertise. So um, I first fell in love with interior design in seventh grade. Mm. We had a sh career shadowing project. Um, and so I went and shadowed and hung out with an interior designer all day. Mind you, this particular interior designer was residential. So at that point, I thought it was like I get to pick furniture and like move things around and still cool, create these fun spaces. Exactly. It felt like a creative outlet, but something a little bit more physical. And um, even just that interaction with people at that point felt fun. I liked that feeling of mm -hmm. creating solutions for people. Um, and then I went to school in Florida to do a bachelor's degree program in interior design. And that's where I really started recognizing all of the different facets of interior design and what it can be and started getting really involved in looking at the psychological and sociological aspects of design and architecture, interior design, and really how the spaces that you can create can impact people's behavior, uh, not just as individuals, but also in groups of people. Um, how you can really control the way that you want people to move through a space mm -hmm. and what kind of experience you want them to have mm. based on the sort of areas, you know, the materials, the mm -hmm. lighting, every sort of detail really comes down to that Interesting point. story. I wrote a paper on that stuff when I was oh, in university awesome. and I used Ikea as my, nice. my, my subject matter because you guys have been to Ikea. Everybody's been to Ikea. Mm -hmm. That store is ridiculous. Right. How they... How you get in, you can't leave. And the way they design it, like you're looking at these big things, and as you go, you end up coming up with at least a plant or mm -hmm. a lamp. You always buy something. Anyway, sort of hijack you. No, so but it, we're it's, in Florida. It's, it's, and I'm gonna hijack that too because out in school, I came out with like a, I was like a specialty in ergonomics. Ooh. Nice. So, <laughs> so we're actually all the same. Okay, perfect. So I'm the next GM, is what is that what, what we're saying? I like this plan. Yeah, yeah, we can sounds just good. Co, tree, try. Try GM. it out, yeah. Co GM it tribe, out. a tribe of GMs. But yeah, going back to space and the science slash our relationship to mm -hmm. it. Yeah, so that's um, so definitely in college is where I got um, sort of found all of these different avenues and uh, started kind of honing in on what my focus was. And then when I got out of school, that gave me gave me opportunity to learn from people that had been doing it for many years mm -hmm. and looking at some different aspects. Um, my first real job out of school was actually in a brand um, brand agency in New York. And there I focused on developing experiences for major brands, Fortune 500 companies, really working with brand strategists, graphic designers to create the brand identity, but then also how that translated from the 2D to the 3D mm -hmm. and how that brand experience on paper, commercials, etc., translates into the physical built environment. So that was great um, and a wonderful opportunity for me to sort of think about it more from a brand perspective and what's the story that a company is trying to tell and how can you bring even things like a human aspect to something that feels sometimes a little um, not quite as tangible mm -hmm. as, as something a little bit smaller. Human-centered design. Exactly. Yes. So and then you fast forward a little bit and you mm -hmm. do this for a number of years. So um, then I met my still current boyfriend um, in New York. He had moved there from Vancouver to go to university. And, um, 
and we had both sort of been talking about moving to the West Coast. His work visa was coming up um, that would need to be renewed, and so we talked about, you know, there's a West Coast of Canada, so we thought we'd try that out. So um, we moved across across the continent and to Vancouver, and that's where I found Cutler when we got there. So um, that was great because it was, at that point, a pretty small team of people that were focused on retail, which is primarily the uh, area of expertise that I was working on in New York with brands and, and building up retail, um, airport, that sort of environment. Um, and so Cutler just ended up feeling like a really great fit, a smaller team where I could be a little bit more agile and learn cross-discipline, uh, cross-architecture project management, and really be involved in learning the process all the way from helping to figure out what clients' needs are in the beginning, even getting involved with business development and marketing, all the way across to, okay, now the now we're in construction, the project's done, um, how do we wrap things up, make sure that all deficiencies are taken care yeah, of. You're, and, you're and full suite at that point. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so how I got involved with Sweat and Tonic was um, I actually got a phone call from Charlene, who still works um, with Sweat and Tonic and with David Ingram, the founder, and she had been given the task to call around to some architecture and design firms and try to fi figure out who would be interested in working with David in this um, idea that he'd kind of come up with to create his own gym space that incorporated all the best of group fitness and wellness in Toronto in under one roof. Mm -hmm. So I got a call from Charlene, had a couple of great conversations with her, and then started working to help develop some ideas, some design direction, and really the the concept and strategy behind Sweat and Tonic. And now here you are. So then, but then how did, how did you become the GM though? You went from designing it to becoming the GM? Like, yeah. right. like how does that happen? You're like, okay, here's the cool space. And then does David go, hey, you're all right. You should run it. And you're like, cool, let's go to Toronto. Is that what happened? Like, it's actually kind of a pretty good story. I know wow. David well. And I imagine it could have went like that. It's, um, it's really funny. So we worked on the project for a couple of years um, from the first you know, initial conversations and looking for spaces all the way through designing it out. And um, just, I really enjoyed working with David and with the team, with George, with Rochelle. Um, really enjoyed the collaborative nature of the team and the this idea of bringing various experts into one room to solve a greater problem was something that always intrigued me and, and always I've enjoyed about teamwork. Um, I even did some freelancing in New York for a while and found it a little bit challenging because I like talking through ideas mm -hmm. and working through ideas with different perspectives to get to the best possible mm -hmm. solution. So really just kind of um, worked really well with this team that was already in place. And then when David was looking for a GM, he had sort of brought it up to me that he was looking for someone and asked if I had any recommendations. I'd even met a couple of people that he was considering and thought a couple of them were were great um, and then I got a call from him one day we had a call scheduled to speak about construction related things um, we were still very much in construction and he called me and said that he had he said there was one I'm about to board a plane to Milan but I, there is one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about um, I'm still struggling to find a GM and I kind of asked some questions and he said well there is one person that we are excited about um, but she lives in Vancouver. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> do you need me to meet with them for lunch or something? Like, I'm not That's sure what you're at. Like, do you, is yeah. there something that I can do to help? And he kind of laughed and he said, no, it's you. Uh -huh. And um, 
at that point I was in my office. So I was like, let me go find a room where I can talk about this. So um, was obviously kind of taken off guard and very flattered, but also my initial reaction was, that's not really what I do. Um, So fast forward a a few long conversations with David and and sort of um, analyzing some of the other things going on in my life and uh, some good conversations with with my boyfriend. And here we are. Mm. Here we are indeed. Wow. Crammed inside this tiny... Is this your office, actually, this little phone booth? It practically is now. This is, yeah, this is kind of... One of my my office, office. too. It's everyone's office. Shared office. Tonic House has actually been... um, been a really great office space it's yes. been nice for um collaboration, collaboration talking things interaction through. and that, that was actually kind of a good lead into what i wanted to ask you which is you've talked a little bit about collaboration and teamwork and one of the things when i look at like your work history on like linkedin or you know when i google you and i'm like you always seem to be a part of really strong teams so in morgan's mind what makes a great team oh what are what are the pieces of a great team and mm. You know, if you've got a bunch of alpha people, how do you how do you coordinate that and make that team great? Mm, that's a really great question. Thank you. <laughs> I've been working with Julian, so my, my question asking has really been stepping oh, wow. up. Wow. See, look at this collaboration. This Whoa. elevation. Whoa. This belonging. Um, Hashtag stronger together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what goes into to building a great team or how does a great team kind of come to be? What What makes a team great. Um, I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that um, I know the exact formula and secrets to doing this, um, but for me, there's just been a few things that I've noticed. So, A, you have to have smart people that are passionate about the same things, even if it's on a higher level, and then each individual person makes up small parts mm-hmm. or more detailed aspects of that. I'll give that a check. Um, another thing is no ego. Mm. You know, it's it's really hard for people to listen and to generally um, and genuinely work towards a better outcome when they're too concerned about their idea being right mm-hmm. or their voice being heard. Um, not that it's not good to speak up and fight for, for what you believe in and what you think is right, um, but it's also about balance and being able yeah. to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think genuinely caring about each other person that's in the team, wanting the best thing for them, recognizing that their success is your success, and that it's about we over me or I Mm -hmm. is really important. Let's say that again. It's about we over me Me. or I. Mm -hmm. I love those bombs. I love those those thought bombs. Well, one thing that came to mind uh, when talking about working with great people is like you can quickly fall in love with each other in terms of passion, purpose, dedication, work ethic, ethos, coming from different backgrounds, especially different fields. But a quote that came to mind by Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, the author of Le Petit Prince. He drops French all the time in here. Is love is not just looking at each other, it's looking in the same direction. Oh, that's nice. And I think that really speaks volumes to great teams is that, yeah, you can love one another but if you continue staring at each other nothing's going to get done it's about looking out at the same direction so that we're all sort of aligned and I really feel that being a part of the ST team so I think your current management and how you've been able to no ego it out but be very assertive but very very amiable um, 
is is like really really important to the success and the growth of any startup especially something that's so big that's made such a huge splash in toronto already i mean it's one thing to be like a woman in a power position but it's another thing to be a woman in a power position in a completely new idea yes Mm. in like a center like Mm. toronto so maybe like i have a question go ahead YVR versus YYZ. What are some nice contrasting points that you've recognized right off the bat? Because we have listeners that span the world that would love to know this difference. (laughs) Oh boy. No pressure. Um, I honestly, I think first I'll start off by just saying that I think it's a very personal um, preference and experience. Everybody has different interests, different backgrounds, different cultural experiences that kind of make up their preferences. Um, That said, for me, I think having grown up on the East Coast, there's a little bit, not a little bit, there's a very different energy on the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, People are just brought up differently. um, And I think the number one thing that I would notice maybe is just the hustle. Um, I think the pace here is faster and it's probably also has to do with the size of the city. Um, Having lived in New York previously, also a big city, you know, people are just, there's a lot going on constantly. Vancouver was beautiful and wonderful. Um, Some incredible people. Um, Mountains are fantastic. I think I really discovered my passion for camping and hiking and all of those outdoor adventures while I was there, which was great. Um, But when I, even the first few days in Toronto, it just felt more familiar. Mm -hmm. It felt more like home. Um, And that was something that I maybe struggled with for quite a while in Vancouver. It just never really felt like my place Mm -hmm. and it's nice I grew up in Pennsylvania so having my family just a quick flight away versus a a flight with a layover and and time difference big time difference and that sort of thing yes you know the time difference makes a huge Huge. impact it is it's um being able to just pick up the phone and call somebody without thinking oh are they sleeping are they at work you know um it really does make you feel closer and more connected even though it's you're still a flight away Hmm. so the pace um the access to nature and resources Mm -hmm. definitely helps define who you are as someone living in an environment and an ecosystem and where do you see um the crosses that um i guess like torontonians or east coast can can bring value to uh, their lives from a west coast mentality and vice versa like what are some positive behaviors that Mm -hmm. you're like oh i really think i should be more in tune with nature Mm -hmm. having had that experience in vancouver Mm -hmm. yeah that would definitely be the biggest takeaway from from vancouver and my time there is just making that time and space to get outside Mm -hmm. um i everybody works through problems and and has different thought processes but getting outside into a green space with fresh air and sort of quiet was really helpful for me in working through all kinds of challenges and just sort of having that space and that time to think was really important Um, and just feeling like you're kind of more connected to the environment around you and having that time to reset always felt nice food tell me about food food preferences what do you mean, like, like my diet or food in Vancouver versus? Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm, I'm still going back and forth to East and West. Oh man, um, like the sushi, the noodles, the like in Vancouver. Asian influence. Yes, Asian influence. Super was Asian huge. influence. Um, fresh, the freshness the of fresh, ingredients. Yes, that was wonderful. 
Um, although I will comment on like the hours of operation <laughs> in restaurants in Vancouver versus Toronto. Um, and maybe I noticed it more because when I moved to Vancouver, I was coming from New York where you can get basically anything you want any time of day or night. And Vancouver felt a little bit more like, okay, guys, it's 9, 9.30, we're wrapping things up. Um, hmm. But food preferences here, I might also admit that I haven't, I don't feel like I've explored a lot of the food scene here yet. Um, the few places that I have been have been really good, but definitely I haven't I haven't found sushi here mm. like Vancouver yet. So if you have any recommendations, hundreds we've got tons. Hundreds. Well, what we're known for in Toronto is being multicultural, mm -hmm. and what we really pride ourselves on are the ethnic enclaves. So different, like um, Danforth is known for Greek Town, then you have Little India, so oh, on and yes. so forth. So you have tons of pockets that are really potent with. Ethnicity. Kind of like New York has its like regions, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Like Little Italy. That mm -hmm. thing. So George. The most authentic uh, that you can find. Yeah. Right. George Shaker? Yes. He was on the show last week. Yes. So he um, he and I went to a spin class a few, couple of months ago and um, just happened to be in a little pocket of a Greek neighborhood. And of course, he knew all the good spots um, being Greek and took me into a little bakery and ordered a whole platter of Luka all Madres. sorts of goodness. Yeah, oh my gosh, Spanakopita. that I've never even, it was, it was insane. So nice. yes, that, that's mm. been really nice here. Um, there are some pockets in Vancouver as well, but not, not this way. Mm. Yeah. If I can jump in, I'd like to get into something that we try to cover on the show. One of the things that this show is about is innovation, inspiration, and integration. Mm. I mean, I look at this space and I've, I've never mm. seen a space quite like this. Um, I've also never seen anybody lead a group of people quite like you oh, at this point. So, like, I'm just curious, what inspires Morgan? Like, what, what makes you go, this is going to work, or this is a great idea, or here's an awesome idea? What is the thing that inspires you to make these awesome spaces or get up in the morning to come kick our butts and, uh, and, and get us going? What is it? People. Mm. Um, I've found that my biggest motivator and what drives me is helping, um, helping people. And I guess there's a lot of different aspects to that, but, um, but what gets me out of, out of bed in the morning is, yeah, I feel like somebody needs my help. So whether that's, you know, I know that Julian's head at any moment has a million different ideas floating around. And Plus he, one. And he needs to talk through some of those with me so he knows how he can move forward and, and what he shouldn't maybe jump on right away. Um, mm -hmm. Priorities. Priorities and, and kind of where my head's at and how the brand and the ideas can align and how we can make this a great space for not just us as individuals, us as a team, but also for us as a community in mm -hmm. Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, has been has been really great um, and then even things like I want to make it to everybody's different classes mm -hmm. now that we're kind of up and running and people are getting into their groove that's been really motivating um, and just knowing that there's a group of people that are here that are also working so hard to bring this vision and this passion to life so that we can share it with other people um, has been really really motivating for me yeah so then then how do you turn it off because, like, you know, <laughs> forest like you bathing. But, but you know what I mean? Like, you obviously have a, a huge amount of desire to help people. And I, and if you guys ever come around Sweat and Tonic, Morgan's always communicating with somebody. You know, whether it's uh, a person who attended a class, a sweat equity staff here, uh, a trainer here. It, it could be anybody, marketing people, whatever it is. She's talking to somebody all the time. 
works crazy hours, but that's, you know, that's kind of part and parcel with the job. So what does Morgan do? What do you do to unplug? Now the mountains are gone. Right. So now what are you doing? But I also think it's just the time. I mean, we're a startup. So sure. So it's fresh. I, we hey, got to put in the time. And I agree, but, you know, we all have batteries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, you've got a massive battery. I get that. Sure. Probably larger than mine. But what do you do when it's like, this thing needs some juice? Um, probably more smaller things than big things right now. Like a um, small piece of brownie. Like a small piece. Oh, man. Have you guys had the pre-workout fudge from now? I feel like I've mentioned Nut Bar many times in this. All right, I yeah. actually think you work for Nut Bar more I, than you work for Sweat You know what it is? It's because point. I'm here all the time and I appreciate so much that there is food here yeah. that doesn't just taste good but makes me feel so good. And yeah. every time I go down there, somebody gives me a nugget of information. Or like, mm. I walk in the morning and they don't ask me what I want. They ask me how I'm feeling, mm. yeah. which I appreciate. Anyway, I'm going to stop plugging for Nut Bar. <laughs> You're welcome, Kate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for me, it's about little pockets. So, like, for example, I have a dog. So I love when I get home kind of throwing my stuff down and having a few minutes to just like hang out. I would actually love to see that moment. You actually just throw that stuff down. I imagine it's like a body slam and then just like kick off those Air Maxes and they go flying into a pile of a hundred other Air Maxes and then like dog run up to you. I feel like that would be an amazing moment to watch. Yeah, it's good. There's lots of wiggling involved. Um, I would say mostly on her part, but probably on both parts. The Um, picture just got better. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, And... um, my my boyfriend loves to cook. He makes incredible food. Sometimes even packs me lunch, which is magical. Go partners that cook for uh, your partner. Go partners that support in any way that you can find time or space and enjoy. Um, for him, he's said that cooking is kind of therapeutic for him sometimes, or he really enjoys cooking. Um, and I learned very quickly on in our relationship that he's a much better cook than me. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm more than more than happy to sit back and enjoy it's funny but then it becomes that thing like you're not even going to try to cook because you're like well you enjoy it right I could get better at it but you just love it so much for a while I tried for a while I tried it's yeah um so I I love when we can kind of sit down to a meal and talk and just kind of have some time without laptops and phones and Mm -hmm. just sort of be with each other that's really nice um do you set a rule and say hey or is it just kind of known to not have phones around yeah it's not really a rule um and i don't think that either of us that would be mad i just i like when i'm so engaged that i don't even think about Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. um and then what else i don't like so yeah right now it's winter obviously so getting outside is is not the uh not the ideal form of space and time and and relaxation yeah. exactly um but we just moved into a building that has a pool which has been wonderful Lovely. um i think i've only gotten down there once but uh, that one time was pretty great it was glorious it was glorious i i have a question mm. i know this might be very personal but um i'm Place curious yourself, you're talking about support and your boyfriend and all mm. that stuff mm. um what are your thoughts on interracial relationships? Ooh. Because I personally have dated all the colors in the rainbow, and I really appreciate understanding all different ethnicities because I'm a curious human being. So may I ask you about that? Yeah. Is there something specific that you are curious about? Mm-hmm. Maybe 
there's no color that you see, but the appreciation for maybe Scott's background mm. and his devotion to cooking, and maybe his mom taught him how to cook or mm. something like that. There's some level of curiosity that I always have around people who have dated interracially, and that's a subject that I don't know is off the beaten road or or something that people don't talk about, but I'm curious about it. Sure. Well, then you could speak to it quite a bit as well, so I'm sure we'll just loop back to you. Um, but uh, is that what, that's what you were trying to set me up for? I just wanted to, okay, I'm great. curious. Um, so I, it's a good question. I wouldn't say that I really think about it much anymore at this point, but um, when we started dating, so he's Korean, and when we first started dating, I hadn't dated a Korean before, so I didn't really know a lot about the culture or the background, and to me that was sort of a fun part of that new relationship especially kind of asking questions and learning and um, food is a great example because just being um, introduced to foods that I hadn't been before and I don't know that all Koreans are incredibly passionate about cooking Mm -hmm. um, maybe the way that he is but that was really nice too and him sharing some of the traditional dishes or meals that his mom had cooked or that he'd been um, introduced to throughout his life was really nice Um, and then we actually had the chance to go to uh, South Korea a couple of years ago and that was wonderful Mm. Um, to really sort of see the the people and the culture that he came from he moved from Korea to Canada when he was quite young Mm -hmm. Um, so it's maybe not as huge as big of a part of his life but um, but yeah it just I feel like it gives you a way to experience a culture, especially when you get to then travel to that that place, mm-hmm. um, that you don't really get in another way. Mm-hmm. Not that that was my intention, for, right. you know, for um, dating him initially or anything. But it's been a nice, yeah. I feel like there. I can't really think of any yeah. negatives. Or I, I only cons. date other cultures to experience their cultures. That's the only. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> but I, I'm thinking I'm going. I'm going deeper on the level of culture, tradition, mm-hmm. how we're raised, our family, our opinions on uh, how we raise our kids in the future. Mm-hmm. We live in Toronto. It's multicultural, and you're seeing much more interracial relationships, especially being in a place that's very much like the UN of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, to speak on that, I think is very important. I'm an advocate of Toronto, so I feel you're a really great representation of that. And there's much deeper things you can dive into, but. No, I think that's it's a it's a good point, and it is something that I guess hasn't necessarily been talked about a lot. And maybe it's because we're sort of at hopefully moving towards a point where it isn't really even there's there's no negative or mm-hmm. or challenges with it. It right? would be like a non-topic at some point. It would point, be a non-topic. Right? It's just like right? oh, there's a couple. There's yeah, they're together. But I will say that so I grew up in Pennsylvania in a in a small town, um, and there were you know maybe a handful of like Asian kids in my high school Mm -hmm. um and when I moved to New York and started dating different races there they would comment like I'm walking down the street you know with a guy and he's like everybody keeps looking at us because it's like a black guy and a white girl and and, like their friends would think one thing or or, you know whatnot so um and even then I don't think I really thought about it that much Mm. um but it's interesting how yeah maybe it's it's perceived or um, I think it's a, honestly, I think there's like nothing but pros. Like, yeah, exactly. It, I think it's a great opportunity to, um, experience different culture and different ways of thinking and, and, um, yeah. It's a human experience. And, uh, we talk about variety and this 
splentonic being a mishmash mm -hmm. of different cultures, different innovations, different education, different mindsets in general, all coming together. So I just thought uh, it would be an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Do you see a lot of differences between, like you've said that you've kind of dated all the colors of the rainbow. Are there um, specific things that you've learned from those experiences? Side yep. note, Morgan's really good at turning the table the other way. Mm. Perhaps you just noticed that happen. Well, mm. I feel like he's, so my curiosity is maybe getting the best of me. But Go for it. Because he's asking questions and I feel like, um, about this topic and I feel like I wasn't something that was specifically yeah. on my mind so maybe I had didn't really dive that in deep into it but because he's asked the question now I'm curious uh. if there's something in particular Ooh. that he's learned or feels like he needs to share or Morgan just Sherlock like Holmes you yeah he's got Sherlock Holmes I, right here got in the booth. Holmes. Uh, I mean, you, better, you gotta say something now I'm gonna just say that what you had said about the the variety of learning from different backgrounds and being able to really explore my growth mindset, which is the ability to just be open to new experiences is a really um, important factor to experiencing life. I feel like we have the ability to explore, yet many people don't necessarily either take that step to those paths that are open. And um, yeah, I mean, I was curveball being asked the question now, <laughs> but I find so much value in diversity, so. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think it's also, like I feel like no matter the race or age, even gender um, in, in instances at this point, like, every individual human is so different mm -hmm. like even like so Dustin and I are both white people what uh, what yes sir okay yeah, just yeah. checking um but uh but we have very different backgrounds and different skill sets and different ways of thinking and I I think it's about making space and time to get to know people and I think working together gives you a really interesting opportunity mm -hmm. that you don't get just from mm -hmm. typical interactions. You get to feel out what people's mm -hmm. exact skill sets and strengths and even weaknesses are. Um, and in something like a startup where there's so much pressure mm -hmm. from every direction, not necessarily a bad type of pressure, but like, you know, the diamond forming kind of pressure, mm -hmm. um, it puts people in situations where all of a sudden they kind of are forced to be vulnerable and show you maybe some sides of them that you don't get to see in your typical everyday interaction, so it's nice what, to just... What makes you so good at that, though? Like, you're really good at, like, just... Meeting like, people, when I met you, I feel like you... Are. You cracked me... I'm, no, I'm not a tough egg to crack, let's be honest here, okay? <laughs> like, I'm I'm about as open as they come, but but it's one of those things, like, I feel like I felt very close with you right away, mm. and and I felt like you trusted me right away. How do you how do you do that? How do you just go... You're good. Do your thing. Let's let's make magic happen. How do you how do you give people that that leash? I don't know. Or no leash, I guess I should I, say. Yeah, I don't know. I um, I think I'm just one of those people that will. Curious. I, yeah, I, very curious. Um, I feel like without sounding like cocky or weird, I feel like I have generally a pretty good intuition about people. Now, mm -hmm. not to say that I haven't been wrong about people because I thousand percent have many times in, in my life but I'm but that's also probably happened because I'm very quick or easy it's easy for me to trust people mm -hmm. fully openly 
until they give me a reason not to. Mm. So it's kind of like, you've got 100%. Yeah. And it's yours to lose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not one of... There's a little bit of like earning my respect, but most people, you know, and it's a, maybe it's a case by case basis. Sure. There's, I'm sure you have had the same situation. Like you said, when you first met me, you felt open and like we kind of clicked or, or whatnot. And I'm sure there's been people that you've met that you, there's, there's like a, you can feel that it's not a tension per se, but there is a little bit of, it's like two yeah. small magnets. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel that yeah, repelling yeah. energy yeah. a little bit and it takes a little bit of work to move that aside. Nice um, energy. I don't, yeah. So I definitely feel hmm. that sometimes with people too, but yeah. I generally feel like you have my trust and my respect until, you know, and oftentimes even even if you lose it, it's pretty, pretty mm. easy. You'll still get something. There's this yeah. level of empathy that you have. Maybe that's what that it is. At first I thought, oh, West Coast girl coming in. She definitely has a different mentality for sure. But knowing now that you're East Coast New York, um, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania born, born, Florida right. educated. Right. So a global international mind is something that is of high value that um, explains a lot of the um, the undertones, the nonverbals, the things that we can't see, like going behind the curtains of who people are. When under pressure, you really get a sense of someone. That's why I kind of, maybe I was alluding to those qualities in humans that you don't see uh, when curated. Right. Because we're always performing. We're always out there to put our best foot forward. But when you are under pressure, there's a lot of really interesting things that come out that you may not even know are in you Mm -hmm. consciously. There's a subconscious mind that we scientists have barely, you know, cracked the surface of. And we're talking about we're talking about things that are bound by tradition and DNA. So on that level, it's that's the kind of stuff that I'm curious about. And I'm was very delighted to interview you today. Morgan, we have one last question before you let you go. Um, We always try to leave our listeners with like, like a nugget of something that, that our guest can integrate into their life. Um, A practical. We've talked about a lot of things and we've really been all over the map, literally and figuratively with questions and actually topically. But if you could give a listener like one thing, like, Hey, this is that thing that's going to help you maybe achieve success or help you on your path, you know, cause you've had a very unique journey. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, to me, I could just listen to you talk about your adventure and the stories that lead to here more, but like, you know, maybe what is that thing that allowed you to get to this point? What is that thing that a listener can go, Hey, you know what? Morgan's been through things like this. And that piece of feedback really helped me go. What, what would you What would you give to somebody? What is a skill or something that they can take away right now? Oh man, that's a well. That there were a lot of different questions. There's probably five. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you first started asking the question, I thought of uh, the uh, Breakfast Club mm-hmm. that we just hosted, where almost everyone said drinking lemon water in the morning, mm. which was a nice nugget. Um, it helps but, with um, But now this is transformed into a much bigger question. Um, yeah, I think maybe play or not being afraid to explore and, mm. and to adventure. Like you mentioned, um, kind of how my background and my story has sort of exactly kind of gone for loops and turns and there were, you know, lots of exciting and fun and playful days and some not so fun and exciting and maybe scary days and 
Um, not that that's any different from anybody's story typically. Um, but I think being okay in that space and um, continuing to learn about what you're good at, what motivates you, what you don't know so that you can be aware and be passionate about learning those things or, or not. Um, yeah, I think just continuing to learn and grow, I think would maybe be my, there's no, there's no finish line. There's no end point, right? So to feel like you're working towards a thing where it's going to be done and you can just sit back and say, okay, I'm done now. I don't don't feel like that's really possible for most people, or maybe that's just a personal thing, but, um, I think just recognizing that it's about the journey and, um, a big part of that journey is relationships, building those relationships, maintaining those relationships, caring genuinely about the people around you um, so that you can be on your own adventure together um, and help build other people up. I mean, what I hear is trust. Mm-hmm. I hear explore. Mm-hmm. You know, trust the process. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You, yeah. Have a, you have a really good balance of being a goat getter but mm. also a go-giver and that's a great book mm. go-giver have you um oh man it's adam grant yes yes ideas he's um yeah i, I know great ted talks guy mm-hmm. T- tim ferris just put mm-hmm. out a podcast on him the man who does everything or something like that yes yeah really really amazing guy yeah uh, i think it's give and take or mm. anyway mm-hmm. yeah really really so go read writer. that book yeah yes yeah um yeah Thanks for being here, Morgan. We really appreciate you like taking the time, even though we've had to book like four different times with you. Um, but it's really awesome that you came on the show today. Uh, it's super duper hot in here. I'm gonna go shower okay, as soon as we're out of this booth right now. Yeah, you smell. Uh, listeners, yeah, you smell. thanks for listening. Julian, anything you'd like to say before we go? No, thank you awesome. so much for diving into Morgan's mind. This will be definitely part one of many. Well, Morgan's gonna be back. I'm, we we're just. We've only scratched the surface. I'm, I'm just a brownie chunk into this multi-layered oh. parfait right now. Oh, all right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Bye-bye.